0: Museo Mondays with Kyan and Jade. Talking all things music starting in.
1: Three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to muso mondays with kyan and jade in this week's episode we are going to be talking about Lil huddy's brand new album teenage heartbreak and we're going to be bringing you all the details with that
0: we do have some fun things to talk about we're talking all about his rise to fame his very public breakup with charlie d'amelio and we will discuss our favorite songs from the album <laughs>
1: Now, little honey, of course, super famous, probably one of the biggest TikTokers besides Charlie Emilio oh, Of course, he's really known for his like alternative punk style clothing. So, like, this album really wasn't like a surprise to me.
0: Me neither, to be honest. You mm. know, they're all. Everyone who's sort of the top social influencers at the moment seem to be making music. So it wasn't a surprise in the slightest.
1: Yeah, it's just like a thing with TikTokers. Like, what is it with them and just making music? Like, is it like everybody, TikTokers, YouTubers, like everything, they're all like, OK, we're famous now. Let's make a song. <laughs> so Lil Huddy, if you didn't know, very first started out on an app called Musical.ly, which is now TikTok. Um, did you ever have Musical.ly?
0: No, I wasn't one of those people <laughs> did you <laughs> i used to sit in my bedroom and like do like the little things here. oh my god <laughs> fast forward to this year
1: where he starred in machine gun kelly's album film tickets to my downfall he gained like a heap of popularity from that and basically gaining the attention of travis barker mm. and i don't know about you might be a little bit controversial but i feel like travis barker was like you know like he was in blink 182 and then it's kind of like dropped out of nowhere and then it's like all of a sudden collaborating with like all these new people
0: you know who he reminds me of actually billy ray cyrus (laughs) how he's just popping up on everything these days it's like oh yeah this person's releasing this new song cool and billy ray cyrus is on it what (laughs) nice one billy (laughs) i thought he died with hannah montana's reputation to be honest So
1: after gaining the attention of Travis Barker, he ended up releasing a song called 21st Century Vampire and then also released The Eulogy of You and Me, which was also co-written and produced by Travis Barker. So I feel like Travis is just kind of get like trying to get his coin.
0: Yeah, he's trying to get back out there, you know. (laughs) So there was a lot of drama with Charlie D'Amelio and Lil Huddy's breakup. It was very messy, very public because they are both such big public figures, you know, being the two... Probably biggest TikTok stars out there. But she has been nothing but supportive of his new album, which, you know, good on her. I tip my hat to her, sir. and um, in a story posted by Lil Huddy he was showing off a purple cake with icing that reads sorry for breaking your heart but at least I gave you something to write about and then he says thanks Charlie as he's zooming in on her and she says sorry and then in another video from that same evening Charlie's talking to the camera with Lil Huddy sitting behind her as she says I would like to say you're welcome to Lil Huddy for giving you an album topic to write about (laughs)
1: it's <laughs> not holding back. It's <laughs> not holding back. We love a good Demilio shade. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't know if you, going back to like when they very first broke up, Um, he posted some things on social media being like, because ex- basically he was exposed for being like a bit of like, apparently he cheated. I don't know. There was some sort of allegation. Yeah, I heard he- something like that. Yeah. And he was just like, well, I'm not a bad person, but if you're gonna label me as a bad person, you have to call this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, and this person a bad person.
0: Yeah, when he outed all those people. All those people. Oh my god, that was him? Yes, that was him. Oh my god. And I remember
1: I remember, that. I remember Charlie D'Amelio responded to it and was like, Grow up and own up for your actions. And I was like, yes.
0: Yeah. Oh that was a weird part of 2021 I forgot about.
1: Oh my god, it was a fever dream. <laughs> I did see a cool comment, though, in regards to the album. Um, Somebody said in an article, how many people a few years ago had pop punk revival in their 2020s bingo card? Like, how crazy, like, music changes so fast. Like, who would have thought that pop punk was going to be a thing again? I thought that was, like, early 2000s, been there, done that. (laughs) Bye. I thought we lived through that.
0: We all had the side fringe. We lived through it. We were that era. And now it's back.
1: I don't know how to feel about it, to be honest. But at the same time, I really enjoyed this album. But it reminded me of being like a little kid again.
0: Fair enough. It did take me back to those days where it's like, I don't know, My Chemical Romance, Fall Out Boy, sort of had that sort of around that era vibe. But I just think don't ruin a good thing, to be honest. Um, There is one video for the song Party Crusher that I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Did you know that it is actually a spin-off of Project X, which is a movie from 2012?
1: I remember as a kid, I always wanted to watch that movie. My mum never let me. <laughs> There's probably a reason why. I need to watch that movie.
0: Yeah, it's pretty intense. It shows the extremes of a party and it's a good movie. Give it a watch. Um, But they actually ended up getting the actor from Project X, which was Olivia Cooper, um, to play the lead role's best friend in the music video that was based off that movie. I just thought that was really interesting. Apparently, that song, Party Crasher, is actually one big metaphor for, like, crashing into somebody's life. It's like, actually, I'm not sorry that I'm crashing your party and that I'm showing up in your life and I'm just going to stay here for a while. Not sorry. Just going to hang out with you so i wanted to go over the
1: favorite songs on the album um do you have any favorites because you've kind of voiced your opinion saying that you're not really a fan of this album Mm. and i just want to dive into is there like an actual reason why or is it just because like you're like don't ruin it just leave it where it was
0: i think it's just don't ruin it leave it where it was Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i'd say i probably half listened to the songs because i just wasn't wasn't into them didn't think they stood out at all but that's just my opinion um my favorite would have to be america's sweetheart uh because i like the music video to be honest <laughs> i thought it was a great music video charlie d'amelio was in it which i thought was good which is just confirming that she's taking it all maturely she's very okay with their breakup everything like that no hard feelings. Can I just say,
1: Charlie D'Amelio is so mature for her age. Like, mm. she's, what, like 18? 17, 18?
0: Something like that, yeah. Yeah,
1: like a child. Yeah. And is being this mature.
0: Well, she's had to grow up really fast, being in the spotlight for so many years. So that I actually saw a video of her as she was like breaking down. And it was really upsetting because she's just so young. And- I know. And like, you know, I feel like one thing um, TikTokers
1: in general, they get a lot of hate like so much hate it's literally ridiculous like Mm. you see like all these other celebrities yeah they just but it's nowhere near as much as TikTokers get
0: no 100% and even there are still some people out there that refuse to get TikTok because what it's like a child's app when it's not you're missing out I'm telling you right now (laughs) if you're on TikTok and you're only seeing children's content that's for you man (laughs) that's your for you literally
1: for you yeah (laughs) okay so favourite song on the album
0: mine was America's Sweetheart I'm gonna stick with that it's all about Charlie um, and it was actually the only song that Lil Huddy was scared to release. And he also couldn't imagine seeing anyone else playing that lead female role except for Charlie D'Amelio. He which still is- loves her. He 100% still loves her.
1: I really enjoyed Teenage heart, teenage Heartbreak. So this was the lead single of the album. Super catchy. I couldn't get it out of my head. And let's just say, like, production-wise, had this song had the best production in the album. Like, um, it was very, like, smooth, crisp. All the elements were just perfectly levels. Everything done so well. And there was another song called IDC. Uh, loved the pace. It was super upbeat. And, you know, I could literally just hear him describing charlie d'amelio the whole entire song he was just describing her. he's talking about like she wears like converse with her dress all that kind of stuff oh, and i was subtle. like subtle one piece of feedback that i have is that in the album you can really tell that he doesn't have that good of a vocal range
0: yeah definitely i think that might have been another thing that was putting me off it was all sort of just the, the same, same
1: yeah except for one song so one song where it was different because i almost wrote this down for the album and i like got to the last song and i was like oh, okay better delete that because i like <laughs> going to say oh he can't sing um, so the last song on the album How It Ends he really showed off his vocal skills with that one mm. like first of all he was hitting notes that like you could hear him sing in the other ver- like choruses and he was just like he was just like hitting a roof and just not going any further Yeah, like his one with um, Ian Dior that song yeah Yep. Yeah, in the chorus of that if you listen back to that chorus you can literally hear him he like hits a roof and he will not go any higher than that and it's almost like he's yelling like if you listen to some of his stuff it doesn't actually sound like he's singing it sounds like he's yelling at the microphone
0: does it sort of work though
1: of course because it's like angsty teen pop
0: yeah it's like their one thing <laughs> screaming so i found
1: um an interview about this um so album's been talked about heaps on the internet people are really trying to figure out who this album is written about so little hardy has actually confirmed that there are seven girls that this album is written about
0: seven i didn't even know he dated seven girls he's a child (laughs) he is a child oh my gosh were you dating when you were like 17 if you say yes i'm gonna cry I think I was. Oh, my. Okay, whatever. You write an album then.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So um, in this interview, he actually said some of the songs have stories that date back to being in, like, middle school, which is probably, like, early high school for us. So basically when asked about the album, he said it was a kind of a descriptive way of saying, I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know if I want to push you away or if I want to hold you close to me. I don't know if you want me to stay or if you want me to leave.
0: So let's talk about the album story and how he sort of came up with every song. Um, Apparently, he created one song and then that was it. Then he just thought that's the whole vibe for the whole album. So he's basing everything off one song. Because he thought it was a good song. And he said, I think this is going to be a good album. So he made all the songs sort of sound the same, sort of not, sort of that emo, punk-esque vibe. And he just wanted to tell stories about all the relationships he's been in and put it into one big story, which was his debut album.
1: You know, I can totally see that because they all kind of sound the same.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's why it was kind of hard to pick a favourite as well, because I was like, oh, well, when did we change songs?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, the reason why I chose my favourites like that is because you can actually, like, I personally could tell that they were a different song, but all the other ones I couldn't. It's like, (laughs) oh, it's changed?
0: So now he said that the whole album is about different relationships he's been with, and he says that he just never got the chance to tell his stories when it came to love or any of that kind of stuff, so he always kept it to himself. And that was just one thing... He didn't want to tell anyone about, and now he's told the whole world about it. So good on him. Very courageous. So I wanted to talk about the message of this album and Lil Huddy says that he wanted to convey that heartbreak really isn't just one thing. It can be lots of things. There is a story that can be told with love and with heartbreak and he didn't think that it had to be separated in the way that people like to separate it. So this album has different songs with all the highs of relationships, all the lows of relationships and everything in between, which makes it a good album because it kind of covers all bases of... emotions you feel when you break up with someone yeah it's almost like the seven stages of grief kind of thing like if you think about
1: that he's kind of exploring that with the music like you said the highs and lows seven stages of grief you know they always have like you know the oh no we're not actually broken up and then like oh actually we are broken up oh
0: crap i i feel sad and then i'm angry you know now i have a question for you kyan Now, this new generation of pop punk has taken some people by surprise. Has the resurgence surprised you? Yes.
1: I think personally this research has surprised me because you know it was very much like the whole music industry for like a couple years it was like dance when I was like in like grade 8 9 and then like grade 10 up until like probably about halfway through last year it was like very rap based and then it became like very dance musicy and still kind of is dance musicy but like pop punk music is making its comeback.
0: Oh 100%. I feel like it's going to do the same that rap did. I feel like rap kind of went on hiatus for- a little bit there now they're back with all the big rappers now and that is looking like what is happening here so i wonder if other tiktok stars are gonna jump on the same train and do that emo pop punk sort of genre well i mean they already have like that Jaden guy oh yeah was he from tiktok yeah yeah so him and his girlfriend god i forgot
1: her name um kind of rude of me um he's dated quite a few tiktokers actually um but the one that he's dating right now she also releases pop punk music. Right. Nessa Barrett, that's her name. Um, And she has a song called Hope You're Miserable To Your Dead. Jesus. Um, It's a really good song, actually. It's a bit dark. (laughs) I like it. Um, In the interview, actually, that you're talking about, I remember you sent this to me, and Little Huddy actually answered this question as well, and said, I think there will always be pop punk spirit in the air. I do think a lot of it was missed, and a lot of people are eager to see what this newer generation Machine Gun Kelly Young blood, myself, Jaden, all my homies what this pop punk revival has to offer It's a new day and age for the genre and I think there are no boundaries with it now. Can I just say a really good answer?
0: That is a good answer. I was like damn why didn't why didn't I say that answer? <laughs> why didn't you say that answer?
1: Clearly, these TikTok stars are, like, a lot more mature for their age. Let's just definitely make that known. Mm-hmm. Now, something that I did want to bring up was Lil Huddy the other day did, like, a and a thing on his Instagram story with his followers. People were asking him about, like, the album, all that kind of stuff. He's given some really good answers. And my favorite thing that he answered, I'll insert the audio for you. It's called, what inspired you to make this album and name it? I've been through a lot of relationships in my life and... I wanted to kind of give a story and a perspective on each of them individually. And so that's kind of what all of them are. That's why they all have like a little bit of a different feeling or vibe to them. It's because they're not just about one thing or one time in my life. He also captioned it with, it's all about my love life. I hadn't spoken on it much. Kind of kept it all to myself for so long. So going back on what you said earlier.
0: Yeah. Another question he got asked was, what is his most emotional song on the album? And he said, no more. Easily, apparently. (laughs) easily no more, or how it ends, which i have to agree with
1: yeah definitely and that's the one where he showed off such good vocals i was like oh my god he can actually
0: sing because the whole album i was like nah, he can't sing and then he did that and i was like okay he can sing <laughs> and another question that was written in was what was the longest song to write he said definitely party crusher took probably five days is that it a whole five days
1: i was expecting him to say like it took like two months <laughs> <laughs> well, my mama she couldn't afford a
0: rent <laughs> apparently he started writing this album last september Uh huh. So, the whole five days was September? Yeah. What was he doing for the rest of the year? (laughs) Because if it takes him five days and that's the longest one. Anyway. So, in an interview, Lil Huddy was asked about teenage love and what he thinks it is. And he answered with, It's never just going to be one thing because your life is moving too fast. Too much shit going on. Everything is elevated. Your emotions are elevated. Your hormones. First time discovering things. I mean you're a teenager that's just how life is everything's just a bit crazier than usual the highs are really high the lows are really low and so this album is kind of a descriptive way of saying I don't know what's happening right now I don't know if I want to push it away or if I want to hold it close which is in one of his songs I'm pretty sure that is a direct quote from there when he says I don't know if you want me to stay or if you want or if I want you to stay it's very confusing, but I feel like that also is like teenage life. So I just wanted to talk about two songs that sort of um, juxtify each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in the song Headlock, that one was about a relationship where he wanted this girl, but he also didn't know how to get away from the relationship because he she had him in a chokehold, metaphorically, and... He didn't know how to let her go, even though he knew she wasn't good for him. Whereas the song Lost Without You is a totally different relationship where it was like, as soon as they let each other go, they really didn't know what to do without each other for some time. And that kind of just shows how varied the songs are on this album with their meanings. And that's just one example. There are plenty in there. What do you think about the different, like, highs, lows, really showing that teenage life yeah so like i totally agree with that like i think he's very one thing that he's
1: very very good at was portraying the teenage mind like that is one thing that we have to give him props Mm, 100 percent. so like because you know obviously teenage minds they can be very confused they're trying to figure out their own identity and then also love coming into it like Mm. jeez jeez Give themselves a hard time no like I think that's something that he did very very well and you can feel all the emotions for every single song you can feel the frustration you can feel the anger you can feel the lust you can feel the love you can feel everything like it's a very emotionally charged album
0: Mm. and that's what makes it such a good album because you can relate to them because we've all been there You know, we've all been a teenager in love. And confused. (laughs) And confused. We've all been, some of us are still confused, but that's what makes it like, this one stands out so much different from those other pop punk albums. I couldn't even list another one that's come out in the past year or something because this one stands out because you can relate to it so well. So I wanted to talk a bit more about going from TikTok into the the music industry now. Um, Do you think people just view him? As a social media star, and they'll never view him as an artist. Yeah, look,
1: as bad as it is, like I said earlier, and I'll say it again, TikTokers get way more hate than what they deserve. They always have, and probably always will. Look at Asin Ray for example. Mm. Not only is she now an actress, also hosted award shows, and also released a song. She receives so much hate; it's literally ridiculous. Like, just let the girl live.
0: Just let her do her best life. So he said to Billboard in April 2021, some people view me as the social media star, but that is something that people are just going to say until I've proven myself heavily in the music industry. But right now he is just getting started and easing into it and he can't get everyone to think that he's a musician off the bat, but they'll slowly catch on. So
1: what, what was every other musician then off the bat? Were they just like some random that just like a plumber that just makes song on their weekend? Like, what? How are they not a musician from the get-go? I think, like, I think, like, the industry is so competitive and everybody just likes to hate on other people Mm. for no reason, like... Is your life that boring? Is Corona made your life that boring that you literally have to bring other people down?
0: Yeah, everyone's going through the same thing at the moment. Just give each other a break. Well, I only know Little Huddy because he was dating Charlie D'Amelio and kind of shot him to fame a little bit because I don't know many of the Hype House people, just Charlie. And I didn't know that. He was 19 years old, for one, and he's had some crazy love life stories. At 19, he had three high school relationships and four crazy-ass relationships in middle school that I I don't even... He won't get into it. <laughs> so I don't know what happened in those relationships, but I'm sure it is in the album somewhere. Could you imagine if a female did that? She'd be called a slut. 100%,
1: straight away. I am just, just want to put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not only do we talk about music, but we also talk about the issues that are in social stuff. Like, don't slut shame women if you're not going to slut shame men.
0: So those crazy relationships that he had in middle school, he says, are just as deep and emotional as the high school ones. But
1: how do you fall in love with somebody when you're like 11 years old? You're like, oh, my God, I
0: love you with all my soul. You're like, mate, you haven't even gone through puberty yet. Calm down. (laughs) Just wait. (laughs) Wait a bit. Yeah, I don't get it. Boys and everything was the last thing I was thinking about when yeah, I was. I feel like when
1: I was 11 years old, I was worried about like if I was going to get lollies or money for the deli or something like that. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure when I was 11, I was trying to convince my dad to buy me tickets to Taylor Swift. She's still a queen. <laughs> if you've enjoyed today's podcast episode, make sure to follow us on Spotify
1: and Apple Podcasts is the main ones that we post at. And you can also follow our new Instagram page at Muso Mondays. Thank you so much for all the positive feedback from the very first episode. We really appreciate it.
0: It was so lovely. I didn't get a single negative review. and Oh my gosh, it just made my weekend and week so good. Yeah, and thanks to everyone that has shared it on all of their socials and everything. We really appreciate
1: all the support. If you want to keep up to date with everything that is happening, make sure you follow us on our social media at Muso Mondays. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye.
0: Museo Mondays with Kyle and Jade.